This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. episode 346 of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Ian. And this is the only podcast that says... I strip away the old debris that hides the shining car. A brilliant red barchetta from a better vanished time. I fire up the willing engine responding with a roar. Tires spitting gravel, I commit my weekly crime. Nice. Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to get out of the way right now. R.I.P. Neil Peart. Mm-hmm. The GOAT, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you can tell me that there are drummers who are faster than Neil Peart. You can tell, like, like Ginger Baker and many of these guys who do speed metal. You can tell me that there were guys that maybe hit harder than Neil Peart. But Neil Peart was not a drummer. He was a percussionist and a musician. Yeah. You know, he was more than just a drummer. And one of the great joys of my life was the concert you and I went to. Oh, man. Watch it. Like, we were like at eye level. <laughs> like, those seats were so phenomenal. Yeah, it, 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 it didn't feel like we were that far from the stage. Because you know, we weren't. Mm. But it felt like we were closer than we really were. Mm. And because we were at the same level as the stage. Yeah. And then, like, just being able to watch... Neil Pert, like That's do his drum, like it was like one of those like I just sat there mesmerized uh-huh. and like you know you I've seen drummers I've seen drum solos but watching him just play was just one of the absolute joys of my life and I mean that's a good show yeah it, oh it was a phenomenal show I mean, one of the best I've ever seen <laughs> yeah you know. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, one of the best I've ever seen. And, then, and that's funny because that, you know, we always talk about bands like we don't want to see them years later and yeah. shit like that. That was years later for Rush. And, and yeah. They were phenomenal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Right. But it, it, it's it's funny with those guys, though, like, like Getty Lee has never lost his voice. Right. Like, I listened to Robert, I heard Robert Palmer singing, not Robert Palmer, Robert Plant. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Trying to hear him pl- sing Zeppelin songs is rough. Uh-huh. You know, I, David Lee Roth was performing somewhere doing Van Halen songs. It was rough to watch. Mm. You know, and like, you know, but there are guys who just don't lose it for whatever reason. And like, Getty Lee's voice, his, his, he still hits those high, high notes. And like, they weren't a band that ran around, they just played. And that's the one thing you don't lose. Right. Like, there, you you weren't there to watch a bunch of other horror shit take place. You're there to see the band themselves, yeah, as as a trio perform these songs. And I think that's what the the difference is. Weirdly enough, mm. you know, like I don't want to see Mick Jagger strutting around the stage at seventy something. You know, it's 
it's hard to watch. <laughs> you know, and trust me, I have. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even like in like like a couple of years ago, like I, I watched like the, something from like you know they were in Cuba, and I mean it was like, oh man, Mick, <laughs> you know, just yeah. stop, just stop. <laughs> you know, but like, but with Rush, it's just they come out on stage, they stand there, they perform. It's fucking amazing music, and you can't believe it's coming from three guys. Yeah, yeah. You know. That Rush show is a good show. Yeah. And you throw on top of it. <laughs> There's no lyrics to this. There doesn't need to be. This is just... Music. Listen to those drums. Yeah, but it's just good stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> One of my all-time favorite lines from Archer mm. is... Still can't play YYZ. It's Archer to Krieger, the mad scientist. Like, you still can't play YYZ. And he's like, first, it's YYZ. And no, the old part is untouchable. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like... <laughs> oh. But I mean, like, I, I, I tweeted, to, I, I, I texted Nancy that, you know, Neil Pert died. And she was like, oh, I'm, that sucks. And I'm like... I'm like I'm kind of fucked up about this. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, "Why? Like, what?" I when we came home, she's like, "I don't understand why this has you messed up." You're like, "You're not that big of a rush." I'm like, first off, I I am." Like, yeah. You know, Rush is probably like my second or third favorite band. Like, I mean, it's like the holy trinity for me is always going to be Van Halen, Led Zeppelin, and Rush. Yeah. Zeppelin's usually one with Rush and Van Halen battling out for number two in my heart at all times. Yeah. yeah. You know, and. Like, it's one of those deals where, like, you know, no, like, maybe I don't listen to them as often as I, like, I did when I was a kid. Like, growing up in the burbs in the 80s, like, you were just, it was, like, standard issue. You had a copy of Led Zeppelin 4 and you had a copy of Rush Moving Pictures. Yeah. You know, and when you got your copy of Rush Moving Pictures, like, with, like, with, like, Led Zeppelin 4, it was, like, you're trying to be Robert Plant. You were trying to be fucking Jimmy Page playing air guitar with, with... Rush moving pictures. You were trying to play drums on every fucking single one of those songs, you know. And I mean, it, it's I mean, he was seventy six years old. He he died due to brain cancer. Sixty seven. Sixty seven. Sixty seven. I'm sorry. Excuse me. He was sixty seven years old. He died of brain cancer, and it's he's somebody who, like in in my mind. Absolutely changed rock and roll music. Yeah, like it. it, He not only was he the drummer, percussionist. He wrote the lyrics to the songs. Like I mean, he he was just. Rush is just one of those bands, and you know, and and I mean, it's it's three guys. You know, you know, Getty Lee, Alex Lifeson, and, and him, but and they were the perfect trio, and. He was the driving force behind that, in my opinion. And 
it's just it's one of those things like you know you can't replace them. Yeah. Like Rush will never tour again. Yeah. You know, like the you know we were like I feel fortunate. I saw them live twice. I saw them once in 1991 at the Civic Arena where I sat all the way at the top of the fucking arena. Uh-huh. Like I was hitting my head off of the dome. Yeah. I was so high up, and I couldn't see shit. But still. Just being in the presence of them and knowing that that music was coming live to me yeah. was such an awesome feeling. And then, but seeing them live <laughs> with you in those amazing seats that we were so lucky to get, no oh, man, and, and being like, it, it, and that is honestly one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. Yeah, I have to agree. That was one of the best shows I've ever been to. Yeah, and like just like sitting there in awe of of, of that band. I mean, there was no opening act. Hmm. They, they they played for what three hours? Yeah. You know, it was like amazing. And we were like the seats were they were eye level. They were they yeah. Were, uh, they were just so good. I mean, like we were probably about halfway back. Um, halfway back in the seating area, but it felt like we were like four <laughs> rows away. Yeah, I don't know, it was so weird. It it, it was weird because it, the the stage was like at the same level we were. Yeah. And so because of that, it felt closer. I mean, it, it's like, like you're right, in my mind's eye, like it feels like I was like sitting like four rows away from the band. And we didn't have to worry about anybody standing up in front of us or anybody behind us. It was just, yeah. it was perfect seats. It yeah. Great seats. I mean, we, we were sitting direct, like, like <clears throat> the, the funny thing was like, so like the way like Way Star Lake Amphitheater is set up, like there's, there's the, the, lower, the lower section. On you know, like like there's three sections really. There's like the lower section directly in front of the stage, and then there's the next section up. With you know, which is still like it's still seated and has it's under the canopy and everything. And then there's the hillside. Yeah. You know, and we were like in the next like in that second section up, but we were right there in front, where the um because I mean those were like the quote unquote box seats. Mm. You know, we're right next to the soundboard. I yeah, think. right. The sound guy was right, right below us. Yes, yeah, so we mm-hmm. were like, like center stage, like you know, in that first. It was, it, it, they were just the best seats I've ever had for a concert, probably. Yeah, those are good seats. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had like, I mean, the, the, when we went to go see Thirty Seconds of Mars last time, those were great seats. Like we we're three rows from the stage, mm-hmm. but for some reason, like those rush seats, just they res- like it, 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 it felt so much closer. I don't know why. It was. It was weird. It was. It was might like, have been the music itself. It might it have been captured us. It it might have been the contact high. I don't. I'm not quite sure. But you can't. I mean, like you can make out everybody perfectly. I mean, like it was yeah. like you were. It just felt like we were so close. It did. It really did. And it, it, I had those same seats for Sammy Hagar and yeah. um, David Lee Roth. Did we go to that? No, I wanted to go to that. You wanted me to go to that. And I couldn't get out of work. <clears throat> I don't know, I, you might have went with. You must have taken Doug. You yeah, must have taken Doug, because I, you wanted me to go with you. You were pissed I couldn't go with you, and I because you were like because it was always the great debate that we had. Like you were a Sammy guy, or no? You were you were a, a David Lee Roth guy, yeah. and I was a Sammy guy. And I told you, I'm like, you're gonna go to this show, and you're gonna watch David Lee Roth, and you're gonna you're gonna feel like you were invited to a party. Like to watch him perform. Yeah, yeah. And when Sammy comes out, you're gonna feel like you were at a you were invited to a party to hang out with Sammy. Right. You know. And at the end, you called me the next day. You're like, motherfucker, you were right. <laughs> yeah. 
You're like, you have convinced me otherwise. I have changed my tune. Sammy Hagar is one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. The same seats for that show. Yeah. That's why, that's why, I think that's why it impressed me so much. Yeah. Because we were, I mean, you know, it was the same thing. Yeah. It was the same, same exact seats and it was just, man. Sammy comes. I mean, David Lee Roth was good. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But. Yeah. When Sammy hit the floor, man, it was just like, wow. David Lee Roth. This is is a concert. Yeah. David Lee Roth is the party. Sammy Hagar is coming to throw the party. Yeah. You know, that's the difference. There was so much more of a full sound with Sammy Hagar. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it was just a full sounding. Yeah. And when Roth, I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel it as as much as when Sammy came on stage. It just felt like a full sound, like I was getting blown out. Yeah. You know. But, um, yeah. But, yeah, that, was, that Rush show was a good show. That was definitely a bucket list type of thing for me because I had never seen them. Yeah. And uh, and to have such great seats for to seeing that show was just an amazing time. Yeah. I don't even think I drank at that show. I don't remember. I, don't, I honestly don't recall. But I, I mean, because there was a time when I was going to Starlight where I would f- refuse to buy the beer. Yeah, because I was like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, it is. I mean, it, it's <laughs> it is fucking nuts. Like, I mean, out of any place you go to to see to be entertained like that, uh, their, their fucking prices are completely outrageous. They are. Well, the stadium's the same way, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, they, I mean, they're all outrageous, but like that, it feels like is a little bit more so because it, it's like. You're stuck outside, you know, many times in the middle of the Pittsburgh summer, it's 110 degrees with the humidity, you know, and you're just like, I mean, I mean that, that fucking, that 30 Seconds of Mars show we went to, I mean, I, I was standing there sweating my balls off. And like, water's like three bucks a bottle. Yeah. For a 12-ounce bottle. Yeah. I'm like, suck my dick. Yeah. You yeah. know, but when we left and we were heading back to, you know, to the hotel, I'm like, yeah, we need to stop at like a get go because my throat is dry. <laughs> you know, I, I need something to drink ASAP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why didn't we have a cooler in the car? Yeah. I know it's not oh, horrible. Yeah. But anyway, so but the worst show. And speaking of shows, yeah, the worst show I ever went to out there had to be crew really wow mm-hmm. i i mean i love the songs yeah um but i don't remember it must have been at the end of the year because it was i don't know <clears throat> but i went with um uh, lisa and this guy mike you know this story yeah and it just monsooned. Yeah. Monsooned that there was pretty much a creek yeah. in the middle of the hill. Lawn. Yeah. And uh, Lee's actually put on a garbage bag. <laughs> and I was like, I ain't going out like that. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I can't Not at that. a crew show. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it was like a Morrissey show or something like that, I could do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not that I'd ever go to a Morrissey show. But <clears throat> um, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Wow, that's never. a bold statement. It is. I would never. But I was like, I'm not going out like that at a cruise show with a garbage bag on me. I can't. Yeah. 
And I froze my ass off, and I was completely soaking wet. It yeah. wasn't just like rain. Yeah. Normal rain. Yeah. It was just like heavy downpours. Like sheets of rain coming down. Yes. Yeah. And it just, it lasted the whole show. Yeah. And I, and like I left. Yeah. Like before the uh, um, encore. Yeah. Like I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. It was just too much. Yeah, that sucks. <clears throat> but, um, fortunately, I had seen crew before, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I the the worst show I ever saw was Aerosmith. Yeah, yeah. It was like a mid '90s tour, like I want to say like '95, '96, mm-hmm. maybe I can't remember exactly. And like it was, like, I think two two things. Like first off, like my expectation was I wanted to hear stuff from the '70s. Yeah. You know, and I didn't get it. Like, I got Dream On, and I got Walk This Way, yeah. and that was it. Yeah. You know, and everything else was like, you know. All the stuff that was out. Yeah, after that. And it was like, they didn't sound good. Like, you know, I mean, it was like, I, I just, I, it was like, one of those shows, I was, like, I was extremely disappointed in them. And, that, and that's where I started to develop my theory about maybe I've seen some of these bands too late. Yeah. I guess when I, like the first time I thought that because like seeing them live, I was like so bummed out. And I'm like, man, maybe they're just they're past their prime. Yeah, you know, and maybe I should start thinking about when I'm seeing these bands. If I don't have to hear "Dude Looks Like a Lady" yeah. again in my life, I'll be good. Yeah, but it was just, it was very disappointing, and that's like when my my theory about like you know when when you see a band, like what point in their career are you seeing that band? Is it worth it? Yeah, yeah. you know, and. uh <clears throat> I never saw Aerosmith again. Like I never gave him a chance to redeem themselves. No, no. I I, I was just so turned off by that show. That I was like, you know, I, I'm done. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh... Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. I well, I think one of the worst things I've ever seen was Eddie Money. That's rough. Cause I've seen Eddie Money twice, and he entertained the shit out of me both times. <laughs> That was a pretty bad one. Yeah. <laughs> the Jethro Toll show we went to was pretty good. Aside from not meeting Jethro Toll. Yeah, aside from that. Aside, aside from the, the shitty giant eagle with sandwich ring. <laughs> oh, that was bad. I was so pissed. Well, the, here's the thing that you have pissed, to understand. Pissed, pissed. Here's the story behind that. So, Ian wins a, a contest from a local radio station. I'm good at winning contests for yeah. some reason. And so he wins free tickets to go see Jethro Toll. And it's like, and you have a meet and greet with the band, and you're supposed to eat with them. You're supposed to eat with them. It was yeah. like a, they 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 made it sound on the radio like you were gonna feast with Jethro Tall, yeah, like at a table with like medieval shit going on. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, no, seriously, yeah, that's the way it was made out to be. Yeah, it was a big thing with this contest. Yeah, and and so Ian wins the contest, and he immediately calls me. He's like, I've got two tickets to go see Jethro Tall. <laughs> Are you in? And I'm like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, and he tells me about the you know feasting with the band. I'm like, you son of a bitch, I'm really in now. Yeah, you and know? that's what it was supposed to be. Yeah. So we go to the show, and Ian's walking in like a fucking big shot. Like, I was, I was. Oh, you, you were like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm eating with the band. I'm showing my cousin up. 
you know. No, no, I, I, don't I'm, like I'm, that. I know, but I, I mean, would, I wouldn't. I wanted to take you. It. Yeah, like, it was yeah. a band that we listened to when we yeah. were young. But you had that little bit of that Vince McMahon coming down the aisle, walk going. Your arms are kind of you're like, yeah, yeah, here we go. Yeah, and you you go over to the the entrance there, and like, oh, you give your name. Like, okay, yeah, come on in. You're your plus one. They give us these armbands, and they're like, there's like four other people there. <laughs> and they're like, there's a sandwich ring. You got some some pops and chip o- chips there's over some there. Some waters, yeah, some waters. That's what they have was yeah, waters. Water. It wasn't even pop. pop yeah, there was some some water over there, and, and uh, we're really sorry. In like a bucket. Yeah, in a bucket with ice. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, uh, yeah, we're really sorry, but the band's not coming. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? I did. It's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You're like. This gnawing at your sandwich ring, like you know, you motherfuckers. <laughs> the worst thing I ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's like, what kind of fucking promotion is this? Yeah. I wanted to be seated at a table. Yeah. Feast. Yeah. We're. <laughs> they got like a bingo table with. Uh, it was. It was a card table. Yeah. <laughs> card a dirty table. ass sandwich ring, and there is a, a one of those cheap five dollar buckets on the ground with waters. Yeah. That I th- I'm pretty sure I remember weren't even cold. Yeah, they weren't. They were in ice, but they had just been put in ice. Like, Correct. Yeah. And there was some bags of chips in another bucket. Yeah. And they were like, good. Good yeah. to town, boys. And it, was, it wasn't even like real chips. And the seats were horrible. Yeah. Like, we were way in the back. Way in the back on the left side. Yeah. Oh, and that was bad. I'm like, I'm never calling DVE for tickets again. Yeah. No, I was horrible. 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 That was a horrid setup they had. Yeah. There. Like I wasn't expecting I, I, like at good least, seats, but like no, I expected bad. good seats. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you win the contest, what the fuck? You they should be pimping seats to you. You yeah. know what I mean? Nah, we're like all the way in the back. Yeah. It was, yeah, that was pretty bad. Musically, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Musically, it was a hell of a show. But the, which was better than I, that was the second time I'd seen Jethro Tull. Yeah. The first time I saw Jethro Tull was one of the worst shows I've ever seen. Yeah. And only because, like, I'm, I'll admit, like, I'm not a huge Jethro Tull fan. Mm. Like, I, I know, like, their, their hits. I know a couple of other songs. But, like, I'm not a huge Jethro Tull fan. And, like, the first time I saw them live, it was at the A.J. Palumbo Center. Oh, yeah. Okay. And we were, like, it was set up in, like, a as a theater, not, like, as a concert venue. Yeah. So instead of it being, like... If you think of it as a basketball court, instead of like it being like the stage being at one end of the court, it was at one side of the court. Yeah. But our seats were up here. <laughs> so the stage is like, we're looking at the stage sideways from like up above. Yeah. And it was just Jethro Tall. It was an evening with Jethro Tall. They performed for three hours with a 15 minute intermission. And the fir- they announced that the first half of the show was going to be all their new shit. And the second half of the show was going to be all the shit you know and love. They didn't play a fucking thing I knew. Not really. Like, like they didn't play Aqualung. Not, nothing. <laughs> like, nothing off of their greatest hits that they played. Like, they teased Aqualung for, like, 30 seconds, and that was it. I'm like, what in the motherfuck is going on here? Yeah, yeah. Like, and that was me and Jason Noel, and I think Jane was with our cousin Jane. And I, there was a bunch of people, and, like, me and Jason are walking out, like, at the end of, like... I didn't. Did you know any of that music? I didn't know a fucking thing they played, my man. <laughs> yeah. Holy hell. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. That's funny. Ugh. 
Anyway. So what have you been up to, my friend? Besides mourning the loss of the, the goat. Uh, not much. Working. Yeah. Yeah, not much at all this week. Yeah. You? Kind of the same. Um, I did watch earlier today uh, Brightburn. How was that? It's good. Yeah? I don't know how they made that movie, though. What do you like, mean? Like, I don't know how they made that movie without Warner Brothers in D.C. suing the shit out of them. Really? Really. Because, I mean, it's clearly... The, the, the whole basis of the story is what if Superman went bad? Right. Like, and it's like... But what if he went bad because that's how he was kind of, like, programmed? Like, small the, the, the story of Smallville is... You know, Superman is, is a is a force of good because of the way he was raised by his his the Kents. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's the the backbone of that story. Right, right. When you watch that TV show, that's how that story's told. Right. Which is interesting and it makes sense. But like Brightburn is like these people were raising him to, right, but at the end of it, like the spaceship called to him and he got the message that, you know, he was there to take the planet. Right. You know, and that's what he starts to do as a 12-year-old. <laughs> right. I mean, and it's... But it's done really well as a horror film. Like, there are some some great kills in this. Yeah. They're, they're like, the, particularly the uh, the car crash scene. Yeah. Like, the dude... The dude's fucking... Just makes me laugh thinking about it because it's, like, so fucked up. He drops this, this dude in this truck... And the guy doesn't have his seatbelt on, so he comes flying forward, and the, the steering wheel like goes through into his mouth. Yeah. And the car falls forward, and the kid walks up, and he sees, and the dude's like laying there, and his jaw's like falling off, and he's trying to hold his jaw up. It, it was like this really fucked up. I'm like, oh shit, that's nasty. Yeah. Like, fuck. Like it, it was like horror movie level kills uh-huh. with with this kid. I was like, wow, that's impressive, and. Fuck, that's nasty. Yeah. Yeah. So, I highly recommend it just because, I mean, first off, it, it, the story's actually kind of interesting. Mm. And two, if, like, you're a horror movie fan, the the kills are at a horror level that you'll appreciate. Like, there's, there's enough gore and, and stuff that you're just like, oh, shit. Right. You know, so... But I enjoyed it overall. I just I can't I don't understand how DC and Warner Brothers let this movie get made because it's clearly nothing more than just what if Superman went bad? Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's clearly that's what the movie is. You know, <laughs> and but still, it was, it was very well done. And I mean, that that was a uh, produced by James Gunn. I think it was written by one of his brothers. Oh, really? Yeah. But so it was like James Gunn didn't direct it or anything, but he produced it. So. I highly recommend that. Okay. And that's about it. That's it, huh? Yeah. I watched the first episode of Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. How was that? It's good. <laughs> like, it, it's, a, it's a part two, so I have to watch part two still. I'll probably watch that either tonight or tomorrow. Mm. But, um... It's like I don't know I don't know how, how much you know about the, the new episode. I don't want to spoil or anything. Nothing. Okay. Fuck. It's just they bring back a character. Okay. 
And I'm just like, how is this possible? Like, there's one character that, like, it, this character comes back from, and it's a, a Doctor Who villain. Uh-huh. And you're just like, once the big reveal is given, I'm just like, I can buy into a lot of things, but I'm not buying into that. This one, I need a better explanation than just surprise. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And also, like this incarnation, the villain. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't know. It's it's a rough one. Yeah. Because the actor has a hard act to follow. I'll just say it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to give anything away. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's rough to talk about it without talking about it. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. So, but I mean, like, I I look forward to it. Like, I mean. I, I, I enjoyed the first episode, but it's a two-parter, so I was kind of like, and especially with the, the, the ending of it, I was like, eh, okay. You know, it, but it's like, it's a show like that you just shouldn't question with Doctor Who, I guess. Like, you should just say, okay, yeah, that makes sense, and move on. Whatever. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's Doctor Who, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. So... Great Gatsby's ghost. Trying to think what else I that was about it. I worked overtime all week. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. That's it. Yeah. Do you see Bill Cowers uh going into the Hall of Fame? Oh really? Well they're doing it this is interesting. Like, they're doing it... They're doing two different classes this year. Okay. There's the regular class, which Troy Polamalu is is up for. And then there's the centennial class. Okay. And the centennial class is, like, uh, guys who, like, have maybe been passed over, and they're giving them another chance. Mm-hmm. And there was a Blue Ribbon Committee formed to put these this group together. And... Um, so, but they had different, like, like there was, like, coaches. So you had, like, there was, like, eight coaches. I think two of the coaches are going in. And then there was, like, so many players, and I think eight of them were going in. And then there was contributors, and I think there were one or two of them that were going in. Mm-hmm. So, like, they had them d- divided up. So it wasn't like, you know, we're taking 15 guys out of these 50, and it could be any combination that we feel. You know? yeah, yeah. But um, so out of the coaches category, Cower was picked. They're going to reveal the rest on Wednesday, I heard. Okay. But, um, yeah, so Bill Cowher's going to the Hall of Fame. Well, that's cool. It's one of those ones where I'm, like, I'm happy he's going in. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Like, I, I really am. But, like, I don't know if he has the credentials for it. Okay. Like, I've never been upset that he's been passed over. Okay. Like, he had a lot of regular season wins. He's got a Super Bowl. He's been the two. You know? Right. But it's one of those deals where, like, Great, Google Drizzt. Yeah, that will launch Drizzt through the wall. Go ahead. But it, it was it's one of those deals where if like I, I just kind of look at his credentials as a whole and kind of go, I don't know. Okay. This isn't our other coach. Like like Jimmy Johnson's not in the Hall of Fame. Really? Like, it, and I get it. Like you look at his career, and you have to look at it kind of in two parts. Like the first part is when he was with the Cowboys, uh-huh. and you know he was there for like six years, and you know won two Super Bowls and 
left. Yeah. And then you know, his time with the Dolphins, which wasn't nearly anywhere near as successful. <laughs> no. You know. Um, but, like, it's surprising he's on the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, he's got he, – he won two, two straight, <laughs> you know, took the Cowboys from a one-win team to a Super Bowl champion. Yeah. You know, put together one of the greatest rosters that's ever been seen. Yeah. You know, say what you will about the Cowboys. I mean, you, you can't deny it. The talent on that team was amazing. Yeah, it was. You know, and – but yet, you know. So, I mean, it's like it's like one of those oddball things. Like, there are always guys who, like – one of the other guys that's up, and hopefully he gets in on Wednesday, is Donnie Shell. Okay. Again, shocking to me that Donnie Shell is not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. One of the greatest safeties who's ever played the game, in my opinion. Uh-huh. And that's not just me being a, a Steeler homer. That's just, like – Fact, in my opinion, like the guy was one of the greatest who played the game, and was one of the guys who like influenced Ronnie Lott and Troy Polamalu and you know Ed Reed and all those great safeties that came after him. You mm-hmm. know, you know Atwater. You know all these guys that you know, hard hitting, nasty safeties who you know made it impossible to come across the middle. You know, Donnie Shell is one of those guys that pioneered that, and you know also at one point he had the most interceptions among free safeties ever. With like fifty one, yeah. Like, how is this guy not in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, you know, he he was the anchor in many ways of, of that that steel curtain defense. I mean, you can talk about Mel Blunt and everything else. You know, Donnie Shell is a big part of that. Yeah. You know, and the thing that I mean, it baffles me is there aren't more guys in that like that entire defensive line needs to be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. like, all four of those guys should yeah. be in there. Like, it baffles me that they're not. Yeah. You know, and so it's shit, shit like that. But I mean. Just from a, a talent, I, I get like people say, "Well, you, how many how many seventy steals can you have in there?" Like well, as many as you need to. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm sorry, but as many as you need to, <laughs> right, you know, right. that shouldn't hold you back. Like, right. You know, if if LC Greenwood was a Hall of Fame, or he should be in the Hall of Fame. You know, if if if, if any of those guys who like you say like Donnie Shell, you know, he was a ten time All Pro. You know, went to the Pro Bowl with, like eight straight years or some shit. If you're telling me he's a Hall of Fame, he should be in the Hall of Fame, then he should be in the fucking Hall of Fame. It doesn't matter how many 70 Steelers there were. Yeah. You know, if the entire team deserves to be in there, put the fucking entire team in there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's, it's just that simple. Yeah. I feel the same way about the 60s Packers. Yeah. You know, I feel the same way about the 80s Niners. Like, if you could show me a guy and say, this guy definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, and you could prove it to me, then, yeah, I don't, I don't care how many other 80s Niners are in there. Right. Put them in. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. I mean, it's just that simple. Yeah. But people are always like, oh, you can only have so many from a team from that era. I'm like, why? Why? If they're that fucking good, like, there's a reason why the Steelers won four Super Bowls in six years. Yeah. Because they were that fucking good. Yeah. There's a reason why the Packers won all those championships in the 60s. Because they were that fucking good. Put them in. It's just that simple. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, you, you, you want to recognize other guys. I get that. But if this team was that fucking good and it was filled with that many Hall of Famers, you talk about the, 70, the, the, the 73 draft as being one of the greatest of all time for the Steelers, then all those guys should be in the fucking Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean, all of them. Yeah. You know. So, so I'm hoping that you know, Donnie Shell will, will get the nod as well because I, I think it's well-deserved. Okay. So. Agreed. Thank you. <laughs> so let me let me ask you a question, Ian. All right. Um, you know, you're you you live in a household that's um filled with sense. I mean that in a good way, like you know, you know, 
Lisa burns candles. I'm, I'm sure the girls have, you know, their own incense or whatever they do mm. up there to hide the smell of weed that you can't smell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you know they're, they're, we all live in, uh, we live in an era where, like, we're burning candles, we're, you know, doing wax melts and all this other shit to yeah. make our, our, our homes smell better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so Gwyneth Paltrow, seeing an opportunity, is selling candles that smell like her vagina. Get the fuck out. This is not a joke. Um, her lifestyle and wellness company, Goop, is <laughs> selling Sorry. a can... Yeah, Goop. First off, great fucking name. Yeah. Um, but they're selling a candle that smells like her vagina at $75 a pop. Um, Paltrow first came across a scent that she said reminded her of the smell of her own vagina, she claims. The scent was then... Fam- finalized for the Smells Like My Vagina candle, which reportedly sold out within hours of its test run. What sick motherfuckers are buying candles that smell like Gwyneth Paltrow's pussy? I don't know. That's weird. That is weird. I mean, that ranks right up here with with the vagina juice beer. Yeah. 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 I don't want no parts of that either. But, like, like, what sick motherfucker is like, you know what I want my house to smell like? Gwyneth Paltrow's Snatch. Yeah. <sighs> that smells like arrogance and 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 tofu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. I mean, what the fuck? The, the only person I can imagine doing this would be Thad. Yeah. I could see Thad burning this in his bedroom with with his wife. The platypus, just, I don't know why, because they're both, they're made for each other. <laughs> you know, but, yeah. but still, like, I'm just, uh, uh, this article goes on, the candle started as a joke between perfumer Douglas Little and GP, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> the two were working on a fragrance and she blurted out, oh, this smells like my vagina. <laughs> the smell then evolved into a funny, gorgeous, sexy, and beautiful, unexpected scent, according to the company. That turned out to be the per- a, be perfect as a candle. We did a test run, and it sold out within hours. It's blended with geranium. Sit, sit rusty. What? It isn't what it's a blend of. It's a geranium. Sit rusty. Citrusy? Citrusy, maybe. <laughs> Bergamot and cedar. Absolutely juxtaposed with with Dasmark Rose and Ambret Seed that puts us in a mind of fantasy seduction with a sophisticated warmth. Mm. What in the fuck? Kind of odd. I just don't like. I can see if this was like any any anybody else in the world, like some some little fucked up company that's like that smells like vagina to me. Let's let's sell that. But this is Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> like Gwyneth Paltrow is like selling vagina smelling shit. Yeah, yeah, you know. And again, like first off, that's arrogant to me to think that you would think people want to know what your pussy smells like. But two. 
It's disgusting that the fucking candles sold out within hours because people want to know what Gwyneth Paltrow's pussy smells like. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is foul, people. Right. Like, it, the worst part is, like, some, I'm sure some motherfucker's going to burn that while they have company. And so somebody's going to be like, that's a lovely scent. What is that? Oh, it's going to Paltrow's pussy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Thumbs down for that. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure there's some, some hipster out there that'll do that, and like the others will be like, "Oh, where did you get that?" It's all sold out. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me cut you off some remnants. <laughs> yeah. Save the wax. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfucking believable. So yeah, that, that's that. <laughs> uh, this is something I found absolutely fascinating. You and I, we have talked about in the past our love of the movie Last of the Mohicans. Yes. Yes. Um, HBO Max is turning it into a series. Okay. I I don't know how. I mean, now the Last of the Mohicans is based on a book. I believe there are a series of books about the character Hawkeye. Don't quote me on that. I don't know for sure, but I believe there are. Okay. Um, but the Last of the Mohicans was one one of the ones that was particularly popular. I mean, it was made into a movie in like the 1950s, mm. and then you know again in the 80s. Um. Um, with friend of the show Daniel Day Lewis as, as Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. Um, in probably his, his greatest role. It was a good role. It was, and an amazing soundtrack. It did. I, I, that, that soundtrack is just. It's just a good movie. It. Is. I mean, it's overall a good movie. It's extre- extraordinarily well done, and I mean, like, it's full of just. Amazing moments, but it was directed by Michael Mann. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, like, people ask, like, why do you give Michael Mann movies a chance? Well, you watch Last of the Mohicans, you know? God, it was a good movie. Yeah. Um, but, like, so I, I, I can... Talk about a period piece. It's just it's such yeah. a good period piece. It's a period, it's a period that nobody does. Yeah, like, it, I mean, it's the French Indian War. Like yeah, nobody, yeah. nobody talks about the French Indian War. Yeah, like it's like one of those moments in time where like people are like, "Oh, you guys sleep under the rug." <laughs> you know, <laughs> we were still British then. <laughs> you know, yeah. But so you, you, we don't t- we don't do movies about that time period at all. So like to have a movie made in that time period is fascinating. I mean, as well. You know, it's kind of like World War One. You never see a World War One movie coming. Coming, but you know. Or it's out now, but I mean, very rarely do you see one about World War One. Mm-hmm. It's like again, just one of those periods where we're just like, oh yeah, that was a, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I, 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 but I find it fascinating that they want to do a movie or a TV show around that book, or but and that's when they don't explain. Like, is it the book or the character? Yeah. Because yeah. if you're gonna try to draw that book out for ten episodes, it ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna work. Like, I really don't see how that works. But if you're 
doing like a series about Hawkeye. Yeah. And it leads to an adaptation of Last of the Mohicans. That kind of makes sense then. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Is this something that like captures your interest at all? Like, is this... Nah, sort of. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's in the beginning stages. I mean, yeah. you know, it, they just announced it. But um, it just... It, it, it It's one of those things that, like, it just fascinates me. Like, I don't understand how you can do a TV show around this. It's just that... I don't know if you can live up to the Mohicans. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a hard movie to live up to. I mean, it was just a good movie. I don't yeah. know how you live up to that. You know? Yeah, everything about that movie. Yeah. Just, everything. It just felt realistic. Yeah. Every single piece of that movie felt realistic. Yeah. It wasn't like there was like death-defying odds and da-da-da-da. Well, there was. But I mean, like, yeah. it was... It felt real. Yeah. Like even the battle scenes in the in the gully. Yeah. When they get first get attacked in the beginning. Yeah. It's pretty fucking realistic. Yeah. I mean, oh, if, yeah. if you remember, there was almost an eerie silence. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't like <clears throat> even the score was toned down. Yeah. <clears throat> there was yeah. like an eerie silence. You hear a couple gunshots and a, one or two uh, Native Americans comes out of the woods. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah! Like it was just like they were being chopped down. Yeah, it was it was eerie. I mean, it was, but it was good. I mean, that's how you figured it would be. Right. But uh, <clears throat> what a great film! I mean, the, the fucking ending. Oh, with the music and everything about like that. Oh, <laughs> the ending was so good. Like you felt you. Uh, it hits you twice, you know? Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's such a good fucking movie. Like, and for all the right reasons. Yeah. You know, it, it's... I mean, when the kid goes out, oh. Mm. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I mean, it's, it's tough it's to describe. so good. It, it's tough to describe because, like, you have this music playing... And it's, I mean, the, the, the soundtrack to Last of the Mohicans is maybe one of the greatest soundtracks ever made. Like, I put that up there with, like, a Star Wars soundtrack. Yeah. I mean, it's that fucking good as far as, like, orchestral music and the tone that it sets. But, like, that music is playing as, like, the, they're chasing them up the hill and the fucking kid's going after the girl he loves. And and she dies. And, I mean, she, well, I mean, you know, when he, after he gets killed, <clears throat> then she just, like, and I, the villains reach not for her, and she just takes the plunge. She just falls backwards. Yeah, like, so you oh. get hit there. Yeah. You get hit with the kid's death, and then you see the dad coming in, and yeah. you're like, oh, no, the dad's going to no. get it, too. And oh. then he fucking does the roll and oh. right into the back. Mm. And, I'm like, and then you're feeling for him yeah. because of his son. Yeah. yeah. It's oh. like, oh, she's filled with it, and you're feeling for her because she just lost her sister. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's It's wild. Yeah, oh, it's nuts. It's just, the ending of it is just so full of emotions. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, and like, and again, like, I go back, like, you, let me, let me look this up here. Even the death of that captain. Yeah. When, oh, yeah. When Lewis, when Daniel, when Hawkeye lines him up. Yeah. 
Because he sacrifices himself. And he know, he wants him to do it. Yeah. He wants him to kill him. Yeah. He wants to kill him. I mean, he he wants him to shoot him. To put yeah. him out. Because he was being burned at the stake. Yeah. Even that was hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, like oh, it's like so fucking good. Even when the Indian ripped out the guy's heart. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Man, everything about it was good. Oh, where is it? What are you looking for? I'm trying to find that fucking music from. Hold on. The thing. Are you pausing? Go play it. Okay, go ahead and put that up there. So this is the music. Like this is. And like the thing you have to imagine is. Spoiler alert for a 30 year old fucking movie, but still. Mm. Like, like the villain, the main villain. He's got the young Mohican's girlfriend, and he's like taking her as prize. And the, and the young man's going after, her, and Hawkeye's giving chase, and the kid's dad's giving chase, and like Hawkeye's shooting people. And I mean, this is like. You know, muskets. So he's shooting people, dropping his gun, picking up another. And just like, as he runs, is already loaded to shoot somebody else. He's, he's killing them before I, the other guy can fire. Yeah. I mean, it's so fucking, like, it's so fucking, but this music is playing the entire time. And you're just like, and it's like, in a way, it's the saddest fucking thing you can see. Yeah, it is. And this music doesn't feel sad, but it, it conveys that sadness in the moment. Like it's like so fucking good. Yeah, it was it was done good. The thing that's as the soundtrack goes on, as this song plays more, the the main theme of this of the Last of the Mohicans that the orchestral part becomes more fluent. Yeah. And the fiddle starts to fade. Right. And it's like it's just really good music. Yeah. So it's such a it was such a great such a great great yeah. movie anyway. yeah it, it, oh. <laughs> like, I can't talk enough about like that yeah it's one of the best movies ever made it is it <laughs> really fucking is I mean and I mean it's hard to believe like and it gets like so little talk so little talked about yeah you know what I mean like like every once in a while you hear somebody say, "Yeah, Last of the Mohicans is a good movie." Like, no, it's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. Like, and I say that without saying it's anything to be cut out of it. Like, it is a fucking masterpiece yeah. of a movie. It is, and it's raw. I mean, it's yeah. like not raw. I mean, it's well done, and it's the set design, um, panoramically when you're when you're looking at everything, it's like set in the woods. I mean, like Michael Mann shoots the shit out of this movie. Yeah, it's he beautiful. really does. It's it's beautiful. You know, the 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 look of it is amazing. The, the what the the, the 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 story he gets out of the actors, yeah, like, and not just Daniel Day Lewis. I'm talking about everybody, yeah. And many of these guys aren't speaking English, yeah, yeah, you know? I know. You know, the, the, and like, it's so fucking good, yeah. You know, and I mean, it's it's one of those things that like I I I I, I can't understand how people don't talk about this movie more, right, over the years. Like, it's, like, forgotten many times. And then... But, like, between the way it looks, the... The... the the What the actors give of themselves to that movie, and then also the soundtrack. Yeah. Like, like you said, that, that fiddle and the main theme, like, every... Oh, it's... 
it's a it's it's amazing. It is. <laughs> it, it really is. I mean, it's it, it's rough to say that, but I mean, I I have to because it's just that fucking good. <laughs> right. You know. I love it. Dude. Yeah. It's got to be up there. It's one it, of the best movies for me of all time. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Like I mean, it's 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 that fucking good. And again, I it just it, it's. And I don't know if it's just because it was like it's the '80s, so it doesn't get as thought about as much Maybe. as other movies do. Like I mean, everybody talks about like like the classics, like you know, Ghostbusters and Gremlins and. And you know, it was all made that. after that, though. I'll look it up. Go ahead and keep talking. I, I mean, I, I want the bet that came out in '88. Yeah. You know, but but it's like one of those. Just, but still, it's like it's one of those movies where it's just it's one of those things where, like for whatever reason, I don't know. I mean, because it's a Daniel Day Lewis movie. You think like he only made like ten. Like you know, he's not, it's not you know, he's a guy who makes a ton of movies. Mm-hmm. So you would think like especially something ninety two. Ninety two. Okay. So, but you would think like somebody who who. Like doesn't make a ton of movies. Like you know, every single one of them would be held in high esteem. Right. You know what I mean. And instead, this one kind of like gets swept under the rug a little bit. I don't know if it's because it's a quote unquote action movie. You know. Yeah. Because I don't think it is. Nah. It has action beats like that chase at the end. <laughs> right. But no, I mean, it's not an action. I no, I, I I think it's it's a war slash romance story. Right. You know. And I mean, like you know, even like that moment in the waterfall. Like, I will find you. Oh, you're God. just, I mean, you're just like, holy shit. Yes, you will. You stay alive. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and the old man's pulled him, and he's like, "You stay alive. I will find you." Yeah. I'm like, mm, that girl believes it because I sure as fuck do. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that's why. That's why the movie gets you so bad. Is because like. You believe in this movie so hard. And, yeah. And the actors get, are giving everything they possibly can into this role. Yeah. And that's why the ending is just so, like, takes you back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the whole movie's a chase. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. In one form or another. In one form or another, it's yeah. a chase. And so you're, you're just going and going and going. And then it's unbelievable. Yeah. I can't remember what the Indian called her father, though. Gray Worm or... Something like that, yeah. Gray something. Yeah. And he's a good actor. Yeah. Of course, he became the token bad guy. But... Yeah. He's a good actor. But, like, the, the great thing about... <sighs> this is the thing. Like, the great thing about a good villain is, and we've discussed this before, is that villain believes they're right. Yeah. And in many ways... He was. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you could side with him and say, yeah, you've got a point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't deny this. <laughs> you but know? please don't do it. Yeah, please do. don't do what you want to do, but... I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I. Let's find a common ground, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Another very realistic things, thing, too, is when, when the, when the uh, Indians were scalping. Yeah. That was like the most realistic looking scalp I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like it was like. Yeah. Wow, that's probably what it was like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, can you you remember them picking oh, yeah. up the heads by the hair and. Yeah. Taking the knife and. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. It was brutal. Yeah. I mean, it was great. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, it's an amazing movie that if you've never seen it, I know we've spoiled the shit out of it a bit, but I would still recommend watching it just because it's that fucking good. It really is. <laughs> oh, I know. And I can't believe you haven't seen that movie. Like, if you if you haven't seen that movie, I can't believe... You know, unless you're somebody who's like, you know, in their very early 20s and you just haven't been exposed to something like that like if you're my age you should have seen this movie by now because it's just it is one of those movies that you like you had to see yeah it may have started me on the path of period pieces yeah that you know i just like being set back into that time yeah that movie completely transforms you back into that time yeah the last samurai did the same thing for me yeah for that time period. Yeah, yeah. It takes you to that time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I still think The Last Samurai is one of the best movies ever made. Yeah. I do. Hey, Dances with Wolves. Yeah. I mean, you can say what you will about that, that It's movie. a great movie. It's a great movie, in my opinion. And, I mean, as far as a period piece goes, I mean, it, it's... Again, it, it, like, it does a phenomenal job of taking you... There. There. You yeah, know? yeah. I know. So yeah. I love those kind of movies. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and a lot of times these when you get into the period pieces where the love story a lot of times um the love story ruins the movie. Um like um Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Great period piece. Yeah, shoehorned that in, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. It was a great period piece. Yeah. But ruined. Yeah. I mean I'm putting Titanic. Yeah. Like, Titanic is two movies. It's a three-hour movie. The first hour and a half is a love story between Jack and Rose. I can give two shits about that. Yeah. The second half of the movie is when they hit the iceberg. Yeah. Now you've got my interest. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that, that movie came in two videotapes. I would only ever watch the second videotape. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean... And, but Last of Mohicans doesn't do that. No, not at all. Like, the love story is vital. Yeah, it's... 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 Intricately placed within the writing of the film that... It has to happen, yeah. In order to be able to tell this story, right, of Hawkeye, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. If the love story wasn't there, Hawkeye wouldn't do everything that he did. The sacrifices that he makes, yeah, like everything he does in this movie is for her, right? You know, to make sure she's safe, right? You know, and at the end of the story, and and me and all his brothers kind of doing the same thing, exactly. You know, and you know, it's, I mean. It's beautiful and it's tragic and it's amazing. Yeah. You know. It is. Very good. Yeah. yeah. I can't say enough about that. So like so as a TV series, man, you got a lot to still uh, Yeah, there's a lot to live up to. That's why I'm kinda like mm. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm interested in the period, you know, like yeah. that time period, and I think they can capture that. Right. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I don't know. Like, I'm I'm intrigued. Like, like I think, and this is like going, this is saying a lot for me, but I think that there's a better representation in Last of the Mohicans at the time period than there is in Braveheart. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying, yeah. yeah I mean, like, just the way it's done. Yeah. And like the villages and 
the, the forts. forts. Yeah. And how things were being done. And, you know. Now, the battle scene in Braveheart <laughs> yeah. is good. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's undeniable. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, God, like I said, if you haven't seen it, go, at least rent it. Yeah. Or go buy it. It's pretty cheap. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you can find it somewhere. I'm sure you can get it for like $5. Yeah. It's completely worth the money. You stay alive. Oh. Hey, I just want to see if it's streaming anywhere. Uh, let's see here. And you cry in the movie. Oh, yeah. It brings out the emotions. <laughs> And I love Daniel Day Lewis. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, 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 like I said. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Daniel Day Lewis, but man, he's good in this movie. I mean, you know, he's a damn fine actor. Yeah, friend of the show. <laughs> um, but like, it doesn't look like it's streaming anywhere. But you can rent it like off of Amazon for three ninety nine, Apple for three ninety nine. Yeah. Fucking YouTube for three ninety nine. So I mean, it's. It's available for rent, Voodoo three ninety nine. So, um, yeah, it's available out there. If you if you want to drop three ninety nine on a movie, you're looking for something to watch. This is the one to watch. <laughs> I know. So he's good in it too. Yeah, he is. Absolutely. He's just good in anything he does. Yeah. So. Couple of trailers dropped this week, and apparently I'm gonna have to pause so you can watch them. So, <laughs> all right. So, the two, two movies. Um, first, New Mutants. Yeah, it looks we, really good. I, I liked it. What it looked like the first time I watched it. Right. I mean the trailer. Right. So, all the actors are good in it. So you still have hope this movie is going to be good. Yeah, because it's absolutely out of the realm of Fox's disastrous X-Men movies. But, like, here's the thing. So, apparently, like, originally Fox had scheduled there to be reshoots. The reshoots were never done. I'm actually okay with it. And so, this is whatever the the director had shot and put together as the original cut of the movie. That's what they're releasing. Yeah. Um... I have no faith in this movie. It doesn't look bad. It doesn't look terrible. I, I the, the thing is this: like it, it, we saw the first trailer for this movie, like early in 2018. Yeah. So it's been two years since we've seen the first trailer for this movie. Like, if this movie was any fucking good, Fox would have released it before they got bought by Disney. Yeah. Like. It has been such a clusterfuck that that's what worries me. Yeah. Like, I, oh, honestly, like, that's what worries me. Like, it, it's like, I feel like Disney's at a, just reached a point where they're like, fuck it, just put it out there in April, we'll take our loss, and we're going to move on. Yeah. And I don't want it. And I'm surprised they're even doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, if I was them, I would have just said, fuck it, put it on a shelf, and it never needs to be seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? But... So let me ask you this question. Are you going to go see this in a theater? Probably. I probably will not. 
You probably wait for me to go. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, or really bad. Yeah. In all honesty, I mean, I mean, that's just like, I mean. Well, the girls will probably want to see it. So. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Like, I mean, I look at that trailer. I go, well, this doesn't look that bad. But you know, I've been fooled by trailers before. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't look that bad. But it didn't look that bad the first time I saw it. Right. You right, know? but the first, the, but there's a like, the difference between the first the first trailer I saw where I thought, wow, this looks really fucking good, and now is all the shenanigans that have taken place over the past two years. Yeah, but when you saw when you saw uh, trailers for the Dark Phoenix, you were like, yeah, it's gonna be a shit bomb. Yeah, but you knew that, right? Just by the trailer, right? No, I agree with you. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not denying that for a second. Like, yeah. you looked at those trailers, you're like, oh, this is a turd. Oh, uh, that's horrible. Yeah, but. Like my problem is like you looked at it, you're you're still looking at it and saying this looks like a bit like a horror film. It does. I think that's the way. It's but that, shot. but that's not what it's supposed to be. Right. Like that's the problem. Like Fox released that first trailer. Everyone's like, oh, it's like got a horror vibe to it. And Fox is like, it does. Oh shit! We need to do reshoots to make it feel like that now. Like that was what the reshoots were supposed to be, <laughs> were to give it the horror vibe. It already has a horror vibe. But apparently it doesn't over the overall film. Mm. But they keep pushing it that way because that's how the first trailer went for some reason. Yeah. Like, that's the whole thing is like, everybody at Fox was like, this isn't a horror movie, is it? No, it's not. Well, then we need to make it feel like a horror movie because the internet says it is. Yeah. You know, that's where like I'm, I'm worried about it. Like, you're going to go into this movie expecting a horror vibe and you probably aren't going to get it. Is this going to turn out to be another shitty X-Men movie? Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. That's my concern. Yeah. It is like everything I heard about or read about coming out of Fox, like all the people, <clears throat> excuse me, who talked about this movie, it was like, man, they gave you the wrong impression. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're trying to correct that and they never got around to correcting it and it's kind of got swept under the rug. Yeah. And now Disney's stuck with it and they're like, ah, eh, this is put out as is. Yeah. Somebody mm-hmm. cut a trailer. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Because <laughs> initially, you're right, it does have a horror vibe to it. But I think by the end of that trailer, I'm thinking to myself, this isn't a horror movie. It's a, it's a break out of jail movie. Yeah. That's a difference. Yeah. That's a huge difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, the, whoever the main character is, whoever, whoever, whichever character it is that we're seeing, we're seeing this movie through her eyes. Yes, it starts out as a horror movie because she doesn't understand her powers. But the second she understands what's going on. Yeah. It's no longer a horror movie. It's a let's break out of jail movie. Hey, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... That's my concern. Yeah. You know, because you're right. It's being... I'm just My concern is you're being sold a bill of goods you're not going to get. Yeah. Okay. And the second trailer was the uh, the, the second trailer for Har- the Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of Harley Quinn. Yeah. And the, oh, the the fabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn. It's a mouthful. Mm. I'm just calling it Birds of Prey. Um, so what did you think of this? Um, parts of it look good. Yeah. Um, I am afraid it's just going to be a movie just filled with one-liners. I don't... I do. Right. I, I think it's going to be a Harley Quinn movie. Completely. Right. And they're not going to focus hardly anything on the other characters unfortunately I do I, I think right. it's going to be just her the whole movie doing one liners right I mean, you know because the one liners worked in Suicide Squad right but 
I don't think you can have a whole movie of one-liners and have a successful movie. Right. I, I think every saying. time she opens her mouth, it's a one-liner. Right. So I just I don't. Know. I'm 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 hoping because like there there are, there are characters in there that I like a lot. I I, I like Huntress. Uh-huh. I like Black Canary. I like Renee Montoya. Uh-huh. Um, this version of Cassandra Kane is not the version of Cassandra Kane from the comic books. Yeah. Um, Cassandra Kane is a complete and total badass in the comic books. This looks like a little pickpocket girl. Yeah. You know, I'm not down with that. But the other three look very in tune with what their characters were in the comics. Yeah. Um, and what I'm hoping is we do get more of them. Like I, I'm hoping like the, the, the trailers have focused on Harley simply because she's the selling point. Yeah. Like people are like, oh, I like Harley Quinn. I like Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I'll go see this movie. But when you get into the movie, you while you're getting a fair share of Harley Quinn, you're also getting something about these other characters as well because these other f- characters are really good characters that deserve their own spotlight. And I'm hoping that, like Suicide Squad, where she's a big focus, these other characters can get get their moment at the shine as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like the fact, I, I'll be honest, I'm not normally a fan of this, but because it's Harley, I like the fact that it's fucking over-the-top goofy a little bit. Yeah. Like, because that makes sense, because like, apparently it's being told by Harley. Apparently it's a voiceover okay. with Harley, and it's told out of sequence a bit. Uh-huh. And I like that aspect of it, because, again, since it's Har- Harley telling the story... Is going to be batshit crazy. Yeah. As it should be. You know? And so I, I, I kind of like that aspect of it. And just the fact that you got Ewan McGregor, who's going to be able to just ham it the fuck up. Yeah. You know? As Black Mask. I And when he puts on the Black Mask, damn, that looks good. Yeah. You know, that's straight from the comic shit right there. Yeah. Yeah. And... I mean, and I'm just, you know, we can discuss Ewan McGregor all we want. I mean, we've done it before. Yeah. But, you know, this is just a, this is just an opportunity for him to do something completely <sighs> different from what he's done in the past. Yeah. You know, kind of go full on, you know, um, Lawrence Olivier and, and fucking uh, <laughs> the um, uh, Clash of the Titans. Yeah. You know. Just to ham it the fuck up. <laughs> so I, I've got... I don't have high hopes for this movie, but I've got hopes for this movie. Yeah. You know, I'm hoping it's good. Yeah. You know, I don't want it to be bad. I don't want it to suck. But I'm not expecting fucking Endgame out of this either. No. You know, I'm, expe- I'm just expecting a, fu- a fun, goofy Harley Quinn comic book movie. Yeah, I didn't expect that out of Suicide Squad too, either. I mean, I just I expected Suicide Squad to be a fun movie to watch, but it was a little bit more than that. Like, I don't care what the fucking haters say. Yeah, that's I I like that movie a lot. Mm. You know, it it has minor problems, but it's a better movie than people give it credit for. Mm. I in my opinion, I like the movie, so yeah. I don't have anything but negative yeah. really to say about it. Yeah, like I mean, it baffles me why people hate that movie as much as they do. It really does. Like, it gets a lot of trash talk thrown at it. And I don't think it's that bad. Yeah. You know? So, what do I know? Yeah. 
you know, so. When's the second one coming out? Um, I think next year. And who's in it? Idris Elba. Um, let me let me pull that up. Um, because it's a big cast. Is it? Yeah. Like the only person returning from the first movie is Margaret Robbie. Really? Yeah. Why? I, the Will Smith character was really interesting. Let me see here. I actually liked Will Smith in that movie. Yeah. <clears throat> he was good. <laughs> oh, Joel Kenneman is coming back as Rick Flag. Okay. Um, Which makes sense. Yeah. But Margaret Robbie, Joel Kenneman, Idris Elba, John Cena. Oh, John. Elba's the bad guy, right? No, I think, I think he's going to be. Um, I don't think he's the bad guy, but he's going to be part of the squad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Jai Courtney's coming back as Captain Boomerang. Uh, Nathan Fillion's in this. Mike, Michael Rooker. Viola Davis comes back as Amanda Waller. Peter Capaldi's in it somehow. Pete Davidson, Sean Gunn. Well, of course Sean Gunn's in it. Yeah. Um, oh, that's right, because James Gunn's doing this. Yeah, James Gunn's directing it, writ, wrote, written, directed. So, yeah, it's, it's got a big fucking cast. Yeah. The fucking Shark Kings in this. How the fuck? I never thought I'd see a day where I'd see a Shark King in a movie. Yeah. You know, so. Weird days indeed. But um yeah, I think it comes out next year. Yeah. Alright, so uh it's the Bretonial mailbag. Okay. Mailbag <laughs> And as always we start for some ungodly reason with our good friend Superfan Thad. Hello, my two favorite hosts who like to dress Nancy as a Gamorian guard and beat her with a lightsaber. Fuck, dude. Do you think Kevin Bacon refers to his nipples as bacon bits? Now, you see, now I've seen that meme online, so I'm not impressed with that joke. Okay. That's not original, sir. <laughs> not original. No. Uncle Chuck used to take me... No. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Sean, you need to take more shits at Ian's house. I've been shitting in Tim's garage can garbage cans lately. <laughs> He's gonna shoot. Oh, 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 no! All right. So after Ian cleared us out, we continue with Thad's email. Um, Thad's apparently shitting in Tim's garbage cans. He says it's good for the environment and keeps Rocket Raccoon out of his trash. Gruda's been eating the poo lately. Yuck and double yuck. Would you like to see the Steelers in the Hall of Fame game or on HBO Hard Knocks? Now, for those who don't know, if you are a team that has missed the playoffs two years in a row, you become eligible for, I guess, the Hall of Fame game. 
And also, you get uh, you are eligible to be on HBO's Hard Knocks. Yeah. So, which would you prefer to see the Steelers in? Would you, do you want to see them on Hard Knocks, or do you want to see them? Just, I, don't, I don't watch either show. So you know what? Okay. I really well, I mean, the, the, basically, the, the the Hall of Fame game is just a fifth exhibition game. Oh, okay. I guess a show. I'd like to see them. You like to see them on Hard Knocks? Yeah, I think so. You? No. I don't know. Like, there's something about like the circus coming to town. I don't like. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, they, they, I get it. They were eight and eight this year. They were nine and seven last year. You know, so it's not like they had two losing seasons in a row. They just missed the playoffs two years in a row. There's a big difference, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, but I mean, HBO would love to have the Steelers on Hard Knocks. Like. They would be chomping at the bit for that. Yeah. You know, so, like, I can see where HBO and the NFL are kind of going to kind of, like, come to the Roonies and be like, yeah, um, guess what? Uh, we need you to... <laughs> and I hate that. Like, I... I, I, I not that I think it's a, a distraction or anything. Right. But, um... But it's just it's one of those deals where you're just like, <sighs> I just I I, I think I, I like well I like peeking behind a curtain. I don't want to peek behind the Steelers curtain. Yeah, yeah. and like I, I feel like like unlike most coaches, like Mike Tomlin will be boring. Like I don't think this would be like fun to watch. Yeah, like it'll be like boring because like. As a team, like maybe like some guys like like Marquise Pouncey might you know be like like a a fun loving like hey Marquise Pouncey he's a bit of a jokester or, you know yeah you know they might do a focus on on Villain the Way of because of his background as an Army Ranger and shit yeah. like that and you know they always like focus on a couple of rookies and guys trying to make the team shit like that but like I just I, I feel like you know a lot of times like the, the coach is a is the star of the show and I feel like. Mike Tomlin would be like really boring, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Like even like because he knows the cameras are on, everything would be coach speak. Yeah, like like you see these guys like on, on Hard Knocks, like where they like let their guard down and they'll say something or like they'll have moments where like you're like, oh, they forgot the cameras were on them or something. You know, I don't think Mike Tomlin would ever let his guard down. Like everything would be like the standard is a standard. Yeah, you know, we. Yeah. Clearly, it's another day of working the NFL. <laughs> you know, I mean, shit like that. that. That would be like Mike Tomlin the entire time. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard Tomlin outside of his coach talk. No, no, like, like his. I mean, press conferences are one thing. But like, like when he like does like the Mike Tomlin show, like with Bill Hillgrove, is like, 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 which is meant to be like fun. It's coach speak the yeah. entire time. Yeah, like you know, he is he is Coach Tomlin the entire time. Like it's like. Wow, man, let let it go just a little. Like, have some fun. Like, uh-huh. no, like they're like you know, he he no. doesn't have fun. No, and he said that they're like, well, what are you gonna do in the office? He's like, I'll be watching game film. <laughs> like, he's like, I have no hobbies. I have no interest outside of football. This is what I do. I'm like, damn, <laughs> man, man. I, like, know, I know. Like, you know, I don't know, tell you, watch some internet porn. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. fuck, fuck, you know. <laughs> I got nothing for you, man. <laughs> That's what he does. Yeah. 
like Bill Cowher would like hit like people would bitch. Like this is the difference. Like like this is what's funny. Like I remember the Ravens had supposedly signed <clears throat> Terrell Owens. Mm. And then, like, for some reason, the deal didn't go through. But while that was all going down, Bill Cowher was at a Fleetwood Mac concert. Yeah. And people were pissed that Bill Cowher was at a Fleetwood Mac concert. It, why? Like, it was like, what could he have done? Like, he, he was, they weren't going to sign Terrell Owens. They weren't going to try to sign Terrell Owens. Yeah. You know. He wasn't, wasn't coming to Pittsburgh. Yeah. They weren't. They, it wasn't even like, you know. So, Bill went to a concert. So what? But people were just like flaming pissed that he was at a Fleetwood Mac show at this time. Yeah. Like, what's he supposed to be doing? Like, on the phone with Baltimore going, dude, you don't want him. Yeah. Don't sign him. Please. Yeah. yeah. What's, yeah. What do you expect him to do? Yeah. And Bill, like, so, like, that's the difference. Like, like, and, but yet, like, Mike Tomlin's still, like, this, like, berated coach who people hate, you know. But yet, he's the guy you want because he won't go to a Fleetwood Mac concert. Yeah, he's like, just going to study game film. <laughs> yeah. Right, right now, Mike Tomlin's at home watching game film of, you know, Duck Hodges. Yeah. You know. <laughs> that's what Mike Tomlin's doing right now. He's breaking down game film from the past season still. Yeah. You know. He's looking at who we're going to draft in that second round. He he's right now he's looking at tape of like, like from like you know Southern Mississippi State, some Division two guy who like you know like we think he can make a difference and you know as a as a practice squad guy. Yeah, like that's what Mike Tomlin's doing right now. That's the type of shit Mike Tomlin does for fun. Yeah, you know. But no, Bill Cowers at a Fleetwood Mac concert. People are angry. <laughs> up in arms. Yeah, up in arms. Like you know, how dare you have a social life? Right. You know. Like, no wonder Bill never got back into coaching. I'm sure, like, you know, I was a head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they fucking were pissed I went to go see Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> they almost treated him like the president. Like yeah. he was the president. Yeah. Of Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Like, it was crazy. Like, I mean. Don't get me wrong. I love Bill Cowher. Yeah. I it's liked him on the field, too. Yeah. Especially when he got pissed. Oh, yeah. Like, early Bill Cowher, like like 90s Bill Cowher, when like he'd get angry. And the jaw would come out. The jaw would come out, and it spit and everything else. Like, you know, dropping F-bombs on national television. Fuck, yeah. Yeah. He was brutal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he'd tell it to players, too. Oh, yeah. The I never, fuck are you doing? The, my all-time favorite is, like, I can't remember what it was. It was, like... I I think it was a, a play where like the the at the end of the at the like the team scored at the end of the end of the half end of the first half but they had twelve men on the field and they didn't throw a flag on it uh-huh. and Cowher went running out onto the field with like the the uh, the 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 Polaroid from like because they take a Polaroid right before each snap so you can see the formations and like the quarterback or the the, the coordinator, you can look at that and say, okay, well, this is the play we were in and this is what we should have done. So they take these Polaroids like at before every, right before the first snap, right before the snap of every play. And Cowher ran out on the field with the Polaroid and jammed it into the official's shirt pocket. Like, just, like he's yelling at him. He's trying to push it in there and he kept popping out. He, just, he grabbed it, finally just jammed it in there and walked away. Nice. <laughs> it was like the greatest moment. Like, yes. so yeah. So Cowher was like, you know, he was mellow later on. Yeah, he was. Yeah. 
he mellowed out, but at first, you know, it was all a car fire. It was, man. Yeah. It was brutal. Loved watching him get pissed. Yeah. One of my favorite things to watch on the Steeler game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now Mike Tolan just goes on the field and interferes. He gets wide-eyed. Yeah. When he gets pissed, he gets wide-eyed. Yeah. He's like... You know what I mean? Like, he gets a look on his face, too. Yeah. It's just not as crazy as fucking but he, he doesn't emote at all. <clears throat> like, nah. like, you have to, like, know. Like, you have to have watched him for the past 13 years to be like, oh, yeah, he's pissed off. Yeah. Like, like when he's out there on the... Like, he just got his arms folded, kind of got a little bit of a lean back, and he's just like... You gotta, like, read, like, his forehead, like, the wrinkles on his forehead to figure <laughs> out what's going on there. Yeah, yeah. You know. Oh, his beard's twitching. Okay, yeah, he's pissed. <laughs> you know. <laughs> we know when he's pissed. Yeah. He does a lot of eye rolls, too. Yeah. It's just a different dynamic. It is. But, like, the funny thing is, like, he doesn't get involved in, like, any of, like, the huddles. Do you ever notice that? Yeah. Like, if there's a timeout, like... Ben doesn't come to the sideline, you know. And if he does, he's talking to the offensive coordinator. He doesn't walk over and see what's going on. He just kind of stands off to the side. Like, Kyle would be right in there. Yeah, yeah. Like, giving his two cents, too. Like, no, 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 no. Don't listen to what the offensive coordinator said. This is what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know. And, like, Tomlin just kind of like, he, he's like, he's like the ultimate CEO. He just kind of like, you know, yeah, I'll let my people do their thing. And there's no need for me to be involved in that conversation. I know what's going on. Yeah. You know. Kind of paternal in it a little bit, but apparently he's very involved with like like he'll like override the defense in a heartbeat. Like he'll like really yeah. Like apparently he'll be like no, we're not running that defense. Stop that shit. Really? Like with the offense, apparently he doesn't have as much it doesn't give as much input. I've heard, but apparently like, I've heard Keith Butler say with the defense, it's like you know yeah, Mike will make some calls. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Well, that's his forte. Right? Yeah. But like, I, there was one point where I think Bill Cower was the offensive coordinator for the Steelers. Yeah? Yeah, I think there was one year where, like, with Cordell, where, like, I think, like, he was so pissed off at the offensive coordinator, he was just the one calling the plays. Really? Yeah. Oh, there's Drifty Cat going at it. Yeah? Yeah, that's that's a Drifty Cat meow. What's he doing? I don't know. He just meows for no fucking reason. <laughs> like, he just walks around and meows. And, like, drives, he'll, like, do it, like, four in the morning. Like, he'll make me out of dead sleep. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Painful. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you're like, you're like, the worst is like, okay, like the worst is like, you know that moment like when you're just drifting off to sleep, like you can feel yourself, you're still conscious, but you can still, you can feel yourself like, here it comes, I'm going to sleep, yeah, good night, like, and he'll meow like that at just that moment and snap me right out of it, I'm like, motherfucker, I was this close to being there, yeah. this fucking close, and you're waking me like, I don't know what he... Like, something he'll meow onto his water bowl for no reason. Like, as he's drinking water, like, really? like, what the fuck is... I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I don't know if he thinks he has sonar, like fucking daredevil. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. So. <laughs> Let's finish up here. We got a uh, an email, a long overdue email from our good friend, the Mongoose. Sweet. Better known as Anthony. He of Ireland. He says, Hey, Sean and Ian. Hey. I've only seen Rise of Skywalker once. I usually go see the midnight preview with my mates, 
but decided this time I'd bring the kids with me to a normal evening screening. So it would be a full circle thing as I got brought to see Star Wars when I was four. Okay. I was shocked at the outrage a lot of fans had. <laughs> it's not perfect, but it's a damn fine Star Wars movie. A good end of the saga. It's nonstop action. Maybe a little too fast, but you'll never keep everybody happy. I did think Rose got rightly shafted and the whole, sorry Finn, I've got important paperwork and admin to do, <laughs> bullshit was cheap. I wasn't a fan of Ray heading back to Skellig Island in Ireland to retire either. That just didn't fit with me. Oh, see, it did with me. Yeah. Like, she had reached a point where she was just like, fuck it, the only way I can win is to, is to not play at all. Yeah. Like, like I'm a Palpatine, this isn't good, I need to go and hide away. And that's exactly what she, she was doing, exactly what Luke did. Like, yeah. it, it made sense to me. Yeah. Like, I didn't, it didn't bother me one bit. And it was good to see a porg. <laughs> um, one scene gave me a little glimmer of hope, though. When, the, when Scooby and the gang got sucked into the sand... I thought it might have been the Sarlacc's dried-up anus hmm. and was hoping to find Boba Fett waiting there. That'd be bad, eh? <laughs> But alas, it wasn't to be. That's a big-ass Sarlacc beast in it. I mean, they weren't, like a, they weren't on Tatooine, my friend. You did realize that. <laughs> like, I don't know if you're, you're kidding or, or what there, but... I mean, that's an intergalactic uh, large intestine. <laughs> yeah. I love the movie and the kids did too. Choked up when Han showed up and Chewie's reaction to Leia was heartbreaking. Worst part of the whole thing was seeing that fucking Cats trailer before it. Jesus, it's horrific looking. <laughs> that was... I didn't see a trailer for Cats before Star Wars, thank God, because it came out on the same day. I didn't either. But I'd seen trailers for that fucking movie and you're right, that is just horrific looking. Yeah. And I've heard people talk about it. It's like, you know, it's a movie you should see on fucking acid, apparently. Really? Yeah. Like, if you're not high, you're not going to get it. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen The Mandalorian yet. Oh. Because Disney hasn't launched their proxy app here yet. Oh. I have to wait until March. Pricks. That does suck. Yeah. It does. I did finish Watchmen, though. So good. Mm-hmm. Exceeded my expectations. Glad they made it like this and not just a straight-up adaptation. And I had a serious horn for the Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross soundtrack, too. I'll say this much. I did not notice the music as much in that. Like, there are a lot of people who, like, rave about, like, the soundtrack for that. Like, especially, like, the original music by Reznor and and Ross. Mm -hmm. It didn't hit me. No. Ever. I don't know why. Like, I I, I don't know, it, you know, but it, it never, I was never, like, you know, and we've talked about great soundtracks. We just talked about the fucking, yeah. the last Bill Higgins soundtrack and how important that score was to that movie. And, like, I never noticed the score to that show. Yeah. I mean, once. Yeah. But there are people who raved about it, like, like Mongoose here. Yeah. Nice to have some great series to look forward to. The Boys Season 2, Umbrella Academy, Picard, Discovery, and hopefully the Mega City 1 series will finally see the light of day. Oh, that would be glorious. (laughs) 
Glorious. My journey in the world of nerddom started when I was with Star Wars at four years old. I watched any sci-fi on telly I could. Doctor Who, Space 1999, Battlestar Galactica, Blake Seven, V, Buck Rogers. There's a list of who's who. Well, it's, we're pretty much the same people. Yeah, but I mean, like, I, like, I mean, that's a that's a damn fine list. I, mean, I watched all that shit too, man. Yeah. But I forgot to mention it all. You 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 hit the the, the who's who there. Yeah. Um. I mean, will anything really beat Gil Gerard as Buck Rogers? <laughs> Tremendous. Um. I used to watch reruns of the Flash Gordon series on Saturday mornings. It'd always be a cliffhanger each week. And Star Trek. Kids these days have been able to binge shows. We'd have to wait, but it made it more exciting. And Doctor Who is back. Ah, I can't talk about this. Because <coughs> you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. He spoils shit. Um, anyway, sorry it took a while to write in again. Currently high as fuck on painkillers after, <laughs> after doing my back again. Thanks to overdoing the training for a 10K I ran just before Christmas. So apologies if, if it's a bit of nonsense. No, there's a lot of good stuff here. Um, sorry your back is fucked up, and but glad you're on painkillers. Yeah. Go see cats. Yeah, go see cats. You might enjoy it. <laughs> or have horrible nightmares. I'm not sure which. <laughs> well, that is it. Anything like to add to the proceedings there, sir? No, man, I'm good. Oh, remember, there are a number of different ways you can reach out and touch us. Hey. You can send us an email like these fine folks have. An email address is pittsburghnerd at yahoo.com. You can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd. We're very easy to find. Uh, also, we are a member of a number of podcasting networks. We're on the Tangentbound Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Danger Entertainment Network. So just give them a Google search. And you can find all the other great podcasts they have to offer. And as always, we want to thank you, the listener, uh, for taking the time to enjoy our hijinks and shenanigans each and every week. Um, it is a privilege and an honor to entertain you as we do. Yep. So on that note, the dreamer has awakened. Peace. <laughs>